This is Inner Healing Paths podcast. Here we discuss the healing of the mind, body, soul, and spirit through a variety of different paths. We have emotional and spiritually minded conversations centering on ancestral healing, psychology, astrology, yoga, meditation, magic, and indigenous spiritual practices of the world. I am your host, Rosa Shetty, and I am so happy you are here. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of my podcast, Inner Healing Paths. And I am Rosa, I'm your host. And I'm so excited for you all to listen to this conversation that I had with Michelle Claire. And I'm just so grateful that Michelle agreed to come on the podcast and share her wisdom, her knowledge with us. Michelle is a spiritual coach, she's an energy healer, she's a medium. And in our conversation, Michelle talks about her three near-death experiences, and she talks about how she was able to find so much healing after these experiences. And not only that, she was able to connect in a much deeper way to her intuition, which in return was able to, to help her heal, help her heal from her past wounds. And she talks about the work that she does with others, specifically the work of communicating with spirit and psychic development. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And before we go into the actual episode, I want to give a couple of announcements. So the next two episodes that will be released are going to be all about trauma. So I had the opportunity to sit down with Dr. Kate Truitt. She is a neuroscientist and a psychologist specializing in healing from trauma through a technique known as havening. So havening is a very, very powerful trauma healing technique. And she came on podcast and shared so much good information. I learned so much from her. I've taken her classes and her training and she is just so knowledgeable and I was just so honored to have her. So that's going to be the next episode. And then after that, I'm going to have another trauma expert. Her name is Britt Frank, and she wrote a book titled The Science of Stuck. So in the episode that you'll listen she shares with us about her book. She shares some strategies, um, what has helped her and her clients heal. And she just gives so much good information. And I can't wait for you to, to listen to these conversations. And then um, after those two, in honor of Mother's Day season, I'm going to have a few interviews lined up uh, that have to do with mothering and healing after motherhood, uh, healing through postpartum, the shadow work that mothers go through um, during this phase and the difficulties that come up and, and how to work through this. So I have a couple of experts also on this topic lined up, and I'm just so excited for you to, to listen to those conversations. So uh, I think that is it in terms of announcements. Uh, I want to share, actually I have another announcement, sorry. Um, I do want to share that 
very soon, not sure, maybe in the next week or two, I'm working on building more of a sense of community. I'm working on creating a separate platform aside from Instagram, aside from social media that helps you, those that listen to this podcast that are inspired to do the healing work that can help you connect in a much deeper way with your healing journey and to connect with me. So I want to offer more support. I want to offer more of that sense of, of healing in community. So I'm working on developing a separate platform that can help with that. And I will be releasing more details uh, very, very soon. So stay tuned for that. But for now, uh, without further ado, here is the conversation with Michelle Claire. Take a listen. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Rosa. How are you today? Doing well. Thank you so much for coming on and for, for talking with, with us today. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. Of course. So, Michelle, for those that aren't familiar with your work, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and the healing work that you do? Yeah, I am a psychic medium, an angel communicator, and I also communicate with life guides. I do healing energy work, spiritual life coaching, and I've had three near-death experiences. And so angel communicator, what does that, what does that mean? I, I, I don't think I've heard about that, or that, that yeah. title before. Right. So I get information from angels. So a lot of times angels will connect to me um, and give me messages for people when I'm giving them readings or they'll come in and give me messages for myself. And so I'm, I'm able to connect with them. Um, I think of this all as like a radio or frequency. So if you say, hey, I want to connect with my angels, we're going to channel 111. If you say, hey, I want to connect with mom, channel 103. So I can kind of guide it and direct it um, for the information that helps people move forward in their lives. Oh, that's that's so fascinating, and it just sounds so beautiful to 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 think that it's that accessible to us, right? That 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 energy is just there. It's accessible to every single one of us. It truly is. Mm. And and then you mentioned spirit guides, so I, I, I'm I'm familiar with with that term, and I'm familiar with my spirit guides, but I know a lot of folks aren't. So for those that that aren't familiar, can you just briefly define what what is that and. and you know, what's the role in our, their role in our everyday lives? Absolutely. So spirit guides and life guides to me are interchangeable words. And I do believe in pre-life planning. So I believe before we came to earth and took on this human body, we had plans for things that our soul wanted to learn or experience or how it wanted to grow and evolve. And so what happens before we come into this earthly life is we make this pre-life plan and we do this with a team and and with some of our team being life guides or spirit guides. Those are um, people, I see them as people when I connect to them, but they would all be very ancient, very wise, have a lot of knowledge. And they kind of help our soul make our plan about what we want to do. Um, and then throughout life, they are part of our spirit team. So we all have a spirit team, which is life guides, angels, and loved ones that are working with us and helping us through this life. So they will be the ones who will help you stay on track with your life plans, your life purpose. If you ever notice, sometimes we miss opportunities and then it comes up again and up again and up again. Those are your life guides giving you a little gentle like, hey, remember what you came for? Here's another option. So they're very beautiful beings of light who are helping to guide us and help us to really achieve our soul's mission, our soul's plan in this lifetime. Um, in your opinion, are they sometimes our own ancestors? 
coming back as spirit guides or, or is this something else? Yeah, no, I would say that that's very possible. I will say this. I do not feel like if grandpa transitions while you're here, he comes back on on your spirit team, but not exactly in the whole life guide format, because that's going to be um, a soul connection that you had before birth all the way through this lifetime. Um, so I do believe, yes, in a, in a sense, they'll step on and want to help and guide you, but not your official life guides. And everyone will have at least one life guides. Other people have more than that. And we also have life guides that will rotate in and out during our lifetime. So let's say I want to start a business. There are life guides that actually specialize in starting that business. And they are, I can invite them. They'll come. They'll join my team. They'll give me inspiration and help guide me. And then when everything's up and running, you know, they kind of turn out, you step out of the picture and then another life guide will come on. Maybe this one's about creativity or being, um, you know, thinking of new ideas or whatever this is. And so, um, but we will always have at least one main one that stays with us for our whole lifetime here. Oh, that's, um, that's so wonderful and amazing to even think, you know, it's one of those things that it's just hard for our human mind to grasp, you know, the spirit realm and all the different dimensions within that, right? Yes. So thank you for, for sharing. I think that you, you just had such a clear definition. And, and I think a lot of folks are going to appreciate that because there's so many, you know, a lot of buzzwords out there, right? And sometimes it's hard to know, okay, what, what is what, you know, and, and how to sort that out. Right. Thank you, Michelle, for sharing that. And, you know, I was, uh, I know that you had a couple near death experiences, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's, that's just so fascinating. The, for me, the reason why the uh, near death experiences are fascinating is because so much healing happens as a result of that. And I don't know if that's, that was your experience, but I know a lot of folks share how it just having an experience like that just transforms their life. Yeah, it absolutely does. I mean, if you have a near-death experience, you cannot come back the same person. Um, you can try to, but it, it's usually going to feel like a grind. It's not going to go naturally with where your soul has gone and what this this comes to in this in this human life world on earth. But what happened for me, my first near-death experience was in April 2000. And so I was actually in a hospital that day because my sister-in-law had had her baby and we were at the hospital visiting the baby. And I had a massive seizure. And so with that seizure, I ended up obviously on the floor, but I opened my eyes. And what I saw was I was laying with my head in my grandma's lap. And my grandma had passed away a couple of years before this. And I remember opening my eyes, looking around, seeing that the room was made of these white walls, but they were actually alive. And every cell or molecule in these walls was radiating light and love and was alive. It wasn't like a solid wall, um, but yet it was very solid. And I remember feeling the love, the unconditional, um, just peace and contentment and completeness and as I was sitting there, I looked up or laying there, I looked up and next to my grandma was this angel that was about 12 feet tall. And I had always believed angels were real, but I had never seen one up until that point. And what I realized was I was looking at her and she was radiant and stunning. And the first thing I wanted to go look at was her feather wings. And as I moved my eyes to her wings, what I saw is they were actually light. They were not made of feathers. They were made of light and they were somewhat like the Aurora Borealis where they moved and they shimmered and they were iridescent and they seemed to span eternity. And I looked at her and I said, 
well, I didn't say this out loud in my head. I thought, what is your name? And she answered me. And I was a little surprised because I didn't know about telepathic communication. I didn't know she could hear what I was thinking. And she said her name was Madeline and she was one of my guardian angels. And as I was in this place of love, I was in no hurry to leave. I was not worried about my family on earth. I wasn't worried about my future, my past, my nothing. I was just in the very present moment. The next thing I know, I'm back in my body and I hear them yelling code, 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 because I had quit breathing. And my arm felt like it weighed 100 pounds. It was so heavy and so dense to be back in this earthly realm. Oh, my goodness. That just... Well, that's some, that's it sounds like a, a a dream it just sounds like so but at the same time just so it, you i mean it was like one of those dreams where you, it, it feels real like you live through that experience and uh, i've heard from other people that it's it, it's only a few seconds really but it feels when you with in in that state it feels like you you capture so much in those few seconds i don't know if that was your experience as well Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it had to have only been a few seconds because I was already, I was in the hospital. They were yelling code. It could not have taken very long, um, but it felt like an undefined amount of time. It felt much longer than a few seconds. It actually felt more real than life. It felt more vivid. There was more, I had never felt so loved, like purely loved in every little deep, dark corner of your body. So beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. And how did, in, in when you came out of that and when you recovered, what healing did you notice that this, this experience gave you just in your life? You know, what did you notice that shifted for you as a result of this? Yeah, I would say that one of the things that shifted. So I started with my mediumship when I was 12, when my grandfather passed and I realized he and I were still connected and having conversations. I would tell my mom about it. My mom would say, um, I know you think he would say that if he was still here. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure he's still here. We're, we're still talking. And, and so one of the things that first near death experience did for me was it did open up my mediumship ability a little bit more. So I was able to have easier connection with others. But the main thing for me was it was it was such a connection to the angel realm, that they were real, that they are here to help us, that we are not alone. And so although I didn't take action in my life that would have looked like I had had a significant shift on a soul level, I absolutely had that shift. Yeah, so just in, it was uh, like your soul understood or grew, grew in that moment. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to you know describe it, but it was just like there was this realization, this you know, of, of the other side in a much more profound way than you had before, because you were already connected. It sounds like you were already connected from a very young age to the spirit realm. Yes. Yeah. And, and how, um, you know, and I know that there was a second experience, right? Mm -hmm. How did that, you know, and how, how was that different than this first time? Yeah, it was very different. I actually had a total of three. So that was the first one. The second oh, one, okay, yeah, yeah. The second one happened in May two thousand six, and so I had had my son. Um, I have three kids, and my son's the youngest. And I had some complications, um, so I was in and out of the hospital for about six weeks after I had him. So finally, the doctor said, "Well, we need to do a DNC, which is basically where they go in and clear out your uterus because they didn't know why I was having fevers and infection and all of that." It was scheduled to be a forty-five minute outpatient procedure, and they said it would be very easy. 
piece of cake, right? The night before I had this gut feeling that I should not do this. Um, but I was so tired of being in the hospital that I went ahead. And so the next morning I went in, they assured me again, 45 minute procedure. I remember counting backwards for the anesthesiologist and I had had anesthesia before. Whenever I've had it, it's just a blank. It's not dreaming. It's not, it's nothing. It's just a blank. It's gone. But at this time, what happened was I was in the operating room laying on the gurney and my beautiful hundred pound white German shepherd who had passed a couple years before walks in, lays her head on the gurney to look at me and oh we're my gone. Goodness. Oh, wow. And we are gone. We are on this stunning beach that has Mm. colors like I had never seen, flowers. Once again, every drop of water, every cell and every flower, everything is radiating light and love and completeness and wholeness. And she and I are just running on this beach. And I notice that as we are running, It feels like I'm running on clouds, not on sand. It's softer than that. And I can see her. She is radiant. I can tell what she's thinking. I can tell she's happy to be together. And we start, we're just running and running. And I realize at some point, I'm like, gosh, not getting hot or tired or thirsty, but we've ran a long way. Kind of one of the funny things about this too is that I personally hate to run. And I tell people, if you see me running, call 911. And here I am in my near-death experience, just running along the beach, enjoying every moment of it. Um, As we're running though, I come to a certain point where I realize that my son, who was six weeks old and at home at this point in time, was calling to me energetically. And he was scared because I was going to be leaving him. And so I go to him and I remember telling him, I will find a way to stay. And I start praying and I start asking for help and saying that it's not my time yet. And at that moment, I'm back in the operating room. I feel Jesus come in. I see the room light up with this beautiful whitish golden light. And the next thing I know, I'm waking up in post-op. My 45-minute procedure turned into a three and a half hour emergency surgery because they had ruptured my uterus and missed my aorta by a millimeter, and they had ruptured it in a second place. And so that was my second near-death experience. Oh my God. Yeah, that, wow. Uh, How, I mean, beautiful, scary, Yeah, you know, just everything at the same time, right? I mean, in the, while you were in that, in that, um, realm, of course you had no, but how beautiful that your son, you know, was able to come through yeah. across time and space. It just energetically, you know, that's, you know, proof that that's, we, we're just energy. Right? Yeah, and, we are. And my beautiful dog came to, to spend time with me, you know, so oh I was getting, I was getting yeah. love from both sides of the veil. Mm-hmm. Oh, so beautiful. And, and, and then th- that happened. Um, did anything shift at that point for you? Did, did, did your psychic abilities kind of expand? What did you notice yes. after the second one? I would say that the psychic abilities and mediumship abilities did expand some. But at that point in time, I was exhausted because I had three little kids, an infant, a two and a half year old, a five year old. After everything my body had gone through, it took me really like three to four months just to get back to 80%. Um, and so So although I had an opening and an awareness, I also got sucked right back into life. 
and it got kind of got put back in that survival mode of like, oh my gosh, the kids need this. I have to do this where, you know, um, so there was an opening and an awareness. Once again, I did not do anything with it. Oh my goodness. And and then do you mind sharing the third experience? I mean, I'm just so fascinated by your, your stories. Yeah. With, with the third experience for yeah. people who like numbers that happened on 11, one 11. So November 1st, 2011. Okay. And I have okay. 14 yeah. foot ceilings in my house. So I was up, I have these candles, you, they're battery operated every night. They turn on glow for four hours, whatever. And then you change the batteries. I was up on this ladder. So I was about 12 feet off the ground and I was putting this candle back. At this point, my kids are five, eight and 10. So this was about five years after the last one. And my younger two were home. And I remember saying to them, as soon as I put this candle back, we're going to go get your sister. So as I get up to the top, I feel the ladder start to shift. And I literally just thought this is going to hurt. That was all I had time to think because I knew it was going down. And at that moment, I was absolutely ripped out of my body, not in a painful way, but in a fast way. And I was turned around facing my body and the ladder suspended in the air. And I was standing with these three people who I didn't know, but I felt like I knew them. I felt like they were family. I felt like I had known them forever. And I was standing in this timeless place. I was standing in that unconditional love. One was a Hawaiian man. One was an Egyptian woman and one was an Asian man. And they were standing there with me. And I didn't even know the word life guides at this point in time. So I had no clue I was standing with my life guides, but they felt like this very long, lifelong connection. And, and they said to me, they said, what would you like to do? Do you want to stay or do you want to go? And I remember looking at my body in the ladder and thinking, gosh, this is kind of interesting. I, I felt like I had forever to decide what I wanted to do. But in my mind, I was saying my body was going to hit the floor in a second, but they weren't rushing me. They weren't like, hurry up, hurry up. What do you want to do? It was like time had literally stopped and I had forever to decide. And so as we stood there, I was kind of thinking about it and seeing the ladder and seeing my body. And as I'm watching, I see this other huge, beautiful angel come in and it is dressed in red and gold and it comes in from the side. And when I see this angel, I know that this angel is here to either take me straight home or make something happen so that I can stay. And as we stand there and the life guides are standing with me, I see my younger two kids in the kitchen. And I know I have to stay. And the moment that I realized this, I don't even think I ever said the words, I choose to stay or I'll choose to stay. It was just this energetic, oh, I have to stay. And as I saw that, <clears throat> I was downloaded or uploaded, however you want to say this, with a bunch of information. And it was like, okay, Michelle, being a stay-at-home mom is great. That is not your whole life purpose. There's more things we expect from you. You need to go back. You need to use your mediumship gift to help other people. It was just like all of this information came flooding in. And I knew I could not go back and be the same person that I had been. That was almost like, I don't want to say that I made a deal because it didn't feel like a deal, but that was part of it. Like this was it. I could not go back and ignore this anymore. And and so basically I did fall. I hit the back of my head on the corner of my granite kitchen island. So back here, I had a five and a half inch skull fracture. I had a brain bleed. I lost my oh taste, my, my smell, my hearing, my equilibrium. Um, oh. 
but I actually survived yeah. that fall by half an inch because I mm. missed my brainstem by half an oh inch. Oh my goodness. And I knew that was the yeah. angel moving my head. Oh my goodness, Michelle. I, I mean, these experiences are just so, I mean, it's just amazing to think, you know, that how close, you know, you really were to, but you, the, the beautiful thing is that you were um, given this, it's almost like this realization within this choice, right? And it, without really making a choice, you knew what you had to do. And that decision came with, you know, you, for your children, of course, but it also came with the responsibility to help to serve others in, in, a, in a way in this spiritually and to help others heal. Yes. Yeah. So how does mediumship and, you know, and I'm, and I'm, before I go into that, uh, I'm sure this, after this third experience, just the floodgates opened right for you. <laughs> yes. and it was just oh, yes. like, okay, you're, you're all, you were all in. Yeah. I didn't have a choice. So what happened was, um, I mean, I did have a choice, but as far as the floodgates opening, so then, you know, I had a lot of physical stuff I had to recover from, um, after that happened, just even being able to walk and stand and stuff was a lot of work at that point in time because of my equilibrium. And so I, I came home, um, and I, and that happened November 1st. So my son had tried to call 911, but his call didn't go through, but we figured he got scared. He dialed 991. We didn't know, but it just hadn't gone through. My daughter who was eight, her call went through. So by January, 2012, a couple months later, my son who was five was feeling very depressed. He would say, mom, I did nothing to help you. I didn't need to be there. So if he could do it without me, he would tell me this, my mom, my mother-in-law. And we would say, but Josh, you opened the door for the policeman you did help me but it just we could not find the words to make him feel like he had helped the end of January my grandfather who passed away when I was 12 came through to me um, in a mediumship visit most of the time spirit I do not see them standing in front of me I saw him standing in front of me we were in my kitchen he talked about my head injury he talked about my son who they never walked this earth at the same time he said that he was good with electronics. And then he told me, you should get the 911 recording. There's something on there you should know. I didn't even know I could get the 911 recording. It had never crossed my mind. So I went down and ordered it. I, I was almost a little bit, I don't want to say shaken, because it wasn't shaken in a scary way. But there was this part of me that was like, what just happened? It was so big and so real. And, and so I went and I got the recording and I put it into play a couple of weeks later when it came in and, and I hear them say, 911, what's your emergency? And in his little broken voice, Josh says, Sophie, what do I say? And he lays the phone down. His call had gone through. And so for the next minute and a half, 911 is saying, can you hear us? What's happening? And you can hear the kids in the background. And he says, I'm going to go push the panic button on the house because oh, he had goodness. forgotten his call yeah. went through. And she said, hold Aww. on, let me call 911. She hangs up the phone and her call went through. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. So it yeah. just opened the floodgates for me. Yeah. And, um, and most of my readings don't come through with the intensity that that one came through with. As far as spirit doesn't usually manifest in front of me and things like that. But what I would say is after that, I, I had a friend whose husband had passed by suicide he started giving me messages for her. And, and I just realized like it truly opened a whole nother level for me. 
how how do you and I know some people are uh, auditory they hear messages others are visual uh, I'm talking about mediums uh, yeah for you how do how do the messages come through for you yeah, I get most of my information through feelings. So what I will tell people is it's like looking at someone that you know really well and you know exactly what they're going to say before they say it. So you just, it's a knowing. Mm. When I am mm. doing a reading, I will also feel things. Things that I don't feel in my human life, but I'll feel the color blue, the number four. So I, I'm feeling um, different things that, yeah, that I don't mm. usually feel. Okay, amazing. Thank you for, for sharing that. Because I know there's a lot of... Um, just different people and there's also um a lot of folks that especially in this in this field of mediumship there's a lot of people that take advantage right of others um pain and grief um so i think it's important to for folks and for the general public to have an understanding of, of what i mean you know what what is mediumship and what are the extents of what it can do the healing that it can happen and um so i was wondering if you can share a little bit about just how does mediumship, how does it help, you know, to, if you're grieving or if you're in need of healing, how does it help to, to connect with the medium and, or to connect with the spirit realm? Absolutely. I will share that with you. Before that, I want to touch on one thing you said. Yes, it's important yeah. to have a, have a good medium. Um, I have been certified and the way that the certified, mm. the certification process works was yeah. I would log on to Skype five blind readings, not know who's there, man, woman, black screen. They just say log on at 11 and I would start giving them the information I was getting. So there is a website called certified, find a certified medium. I would highly recommend that people find a certified medium because yes, you're right. The accuracy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So I yeah. think go there. They have many mediums to choose from. Find mm. one that resonates with you, but at least we know they have all been certified. So that's Absolutely. really important. Okay. Thank the you. The second thing, yeah, after you find a certified medium that you resonate with is going in with an open mind and an open heart. So if somebody comes into me and they say, like, I need to know my son's social security number, that's not really how mediumship works, right? So, but if they come in and I'm talking about his favorite stuffed bear that was purple and, um, you know, and I'm giving you details about his life, right? And, and, and things that just the two of you would know, this is really healing for you. And it's really healing because what people find out is they are still connected to the loved ones. They're still in a relationship and that has continued on. So that is not something death takes away. It, it does take away the human body from the equation. It does not take away the love, the relationship, the interest. A lot of times too, our loved ones in spirit are able to be more available for us and love us more unconditionally than they ever were in their human body because they when they were in their human body they had to work or they were sick and they had to clean the house and they had all these other things they needed to do or they had you know maybe not the greatest mindset well once you transition that stuff is you know taken away and so what i find is sometimes people have better relationships now with their loved ones in spirit than they were able to have in this human life but the truth is the connection will always be there. It will be the brightest version of your connection with your loved one. And, you know, what about for those folks that uh, their loved one, or not, I shouldn't say loved one, but, you know, the, the, the family member that passed on um, was not, was toxic or was not helpful. Um, are, do those, 
still come through those family members that maybe didn't have a good relationship. But I can, I think a lot of people are scared to connect with those that were hurtful, toxic. Yeah. You know, I, it, that's a good point. And I'm glad you said that. So when I do group readings, cause I'll do group readings a lot, I'll come up to someone and I'll be like, I have your mom here and they roll their eyes. Oh gosh, anyone but her, anyway, you know what I mean? And so the way that this works, we do go to our reading with our medium, you know, and we have our A list, our B list and the list that we don't ever want to hear from again. Right. This is what I have found. When you give yourself the ability or the time to open up to the connection with your loved one who might have felt toxic in your life, what you're going to find is they're coming through for as the brightest, best version of themselves. Very often, those are the most healing, powerful messages because they come through saying like, I'm sorry, I know I was broken in this life. I want you to know I did the best I can. I know I didn't love you the way you needed to be loved. Um, and that, and I think that's important because there's a couple of things that are happening there. One, they're letting you know they're still connected to you. But two, they're also letting you know, most of the time, a lot of people do the best they can, even if we don't understand that, right? It doesn't look like the best they can do, but they're trying, whether we, we can see that level. I, th I just would say there's room for healing. Here's one thing as a medium. The earlier I was talking about it being like a radio and we can guide and direct. We absolutely can do that. But what I can't do is make someone on the other side be here who doesn't want to be here or move your mom out of line if you don't want to hear from her and someone else is coming in, right? Um, but, that, but I would say this, your loved ones are always around you. There's, there are occasions where it's hard to connect with someone's loved one, where it's more of like a broken staticky cell phone call, whether that's because the way they give information is different from the way I receive it. It could be part of it or who knows what, the, what, what all is going on that day. But usually there is always some type of information for you, for me. So whether it's coming from your angels, your life guide, psychic, or other loved ones, we will always get something. Um, I would, it would be very rare, though, that your loved ones don't show up. That's, I think that's so reassuring to know, right? And, and, and I think for, you know, personally, I've had um, readings before, and it's, um, you, know, I, you know, I should say this, before I had my own personal readings, I was always scared of the other side, you know, I was always scared of the spirit realm. And then once I started kind of connecting more with that, I realized that they, uh, the other side or the spirit realm won't show me anything that I'm not prepared for. And I kind of learned to trust, you know, my, what my ancestors or my spirit guides that they, they won't show or, uh, yeah, or say anything that I'm not ready to hear or see. And, and I think that's important for a lot of folks to understand because there is a lot of fear, right? Around that, around the idea of um, connecting with people that have passed away. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and whether that's what you were raised in or a religious belief or whatever it is, what it is. Um, but you're right, that's not how spirit works. And so for me too, when I when I go in for a reading with someone, I don't have preconceived ideas because I don't know what this person needs to know. Spirit does, their loved ones do. And so I just kind of like, okay, here we go and show up and and I'll and I'll and but what's amazing, sometimes people come with a list of questions and they wait till the end, but by the time we're done and they haven't asked their questions, every question has been answered because spirit knows what's on their heart and what they need to know.
That's so beautiful. And, and, and that's so reassuring. And, and I hope that folks listening can um, receive th- this message. And, and, you know, and, and for a lot of people that are grieving, I, um, I have not experienced um, that, um, it, you know, not, not to this, at this point in my life, but for a lot of people that have lost um, someone really close and, and it's just, I, I, her, it's just a, such a profound sense of relief to know that the relate that they're still there. The relationship is just different, and it just it, and it, and it's more of this emotional connection that is formed, and that can heal so much of the grief, the sadness, sometimes even the, the sense of um, just depression that people go through when they lose someone really, really close to, to their to their heart. Absolutely. And I would say for me personally, especially as a mom, my number one thing is like, if my kids aren't with me, are they okay where they are? But I feel the same way about my dad, my sister, any of my loved ones. If they're not with me, I just want them to be okay where they are. Once we know that our loved ones are beyond okay, there is a sense of peace with that. And I find that is one thing that people struggle with. Very often people will come to me and and they're like, are they okay? Are they, you know, are they burning in hell? Are they stuck in purgatory? Did they make it to the light? Like that fear um, is very worrisome and it holds us back. But a lot of times just the peace and the relief that comes with knowing that your loved one is beyond okay is life-changing. And what do you say to those folks that, that do, that have this belief that uh, like hell, like the, maybe they're in hell purgatory, you know, like a lot of this comes with, with religious, you know, our religious upbringing, um, you know, what, how, what is your, your perception of that? Yeah. So this is kind of, to me, it's all a vibrational match. So, um, you know, I don't even, you know, that heavenly realm, obviously a higher vibration, a higher energy, more clarity. Um, this is what I would say. <clears throat> Not everybody goes to this highest level or this highest realm, right? Because we do have our human stuff and we have our things we're working through, right? Um, But with that being said, I don't believe in hell either. I do not believe in a place where people are being tortured and held against their will and whatever this is. I don't believe in that Mm -hmm. because God is love. So this Mm -hmm. is what I will say. We always have the ability to raise our vibration to the next level. And there will always be beings of light around us, whether this is your loved ones in spirit, your angels, your life guides, whoever, to help you raise that vibration, even after our human body dies. Because it's all about the soul growth. It's not actually about the human body growth. The human body just tethers us into the earth realm for a while, right? But the soul, the soul is eternal. So we always have the opportunity to grow and be okay. I do not believe in a place where spirits are sent to be tortured because people came here to live a life of free will. And that was approved by the divine, the universe, source, whatever you want to use that word for. So I would also like to point out that in none of my near-death experiences, did I ever feel judged? Did I ever show up and feel like I was less than, that I was not worthy, that someone was saying, oh, Michelle, shame on you. I mean, no, they did say, okay, you want to go back? Okay, but here's what we expect from you. Um, But it was never like, shame on you, you should have started this 10 years ago. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Thank you for that explanation. And, you know, for, for those folks that um, want to get familiar with your work or maybe work with you, are you, do you offer uh, individual readings now or, or how, how do your services work at this point? 
Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to my website, michelleclaircelare.net. There you'll find the ability to book. So I also do healing energy work and some other things too. So you can book whatever you would prefer. Um, I do hour sessions in person or online half hour sessions. I also have group events. So for people in the Phoenix area, I have sound and energy healing events, which also have a mediumship reading. I have um, online webinars, online gallery readings. So there are a lot of ways that we can connect. We can connect one-on-one or in a group. I also have a monthly membership, which people have seemed to enjoy too. Oh, wonderful. I'll definitely check that out and I'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, this was great. I mean, it's such a fascinating topic. And I I think that the more people become aware of the healing that it's another source of healing, right? It's just, and this is why I call my, uh, my podcast inner healing paths, because there are so many ways that we can heal so many, um, journeys or paths that lead to to our healing and 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 sometimes it takes many different ways for us to find that healing that we're looking for it's not usually at least in my experience it's not just one way right it's not just going through you know whatever traditional path you you choose right. it's usually the combination of many different things so the more uh, folks learn about all the ways that they can find healing and relief from their pain, I think the better it will be to, you know, to, 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 for folks to really benefit from this and, and change their life. Absolutely. And, And we came here to live a magical, wonderful life. We didn't come here to live in pain and suffering, whether it's emotional pain or physical pain. So when you realize that's your God given gift, that you are not supposed to be here to suffer, it changes things. And the other part is when you realize you're not living life alone, when you have angels, life guides and loved ones and spirit all around you, none of us came here alone. So we are 100% supported on this journey. Oh, that's such a beautiful message. Thank you, Michelle. And, and thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your knowledge with us today. And I hope that we can have another conversation about this fascinating topic, you know, soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. Thank you. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that you found it healing and nourishing to your mind and soul. If there's a friend that you think would benefit from listening to this information, please share it. Share about our podcast. If you feel called to, please leave us a review as this really, really helps boost our presence here in Apple Podcasts and it makes it easier for others to find us to stay up to date on new episode releases and special events and projects that I'm working on. You can follow us on Instagram at Inner Healing Paths Podcast, and you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website, which is rosachettilcsw.com. And I will include this information and links in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again next time.